0: And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast. And I'm delighted to be joined today by five-time Connacht title winner, two All Ireland title winner, and three-time All Star, Mr. Kevin Walsh. Kevin, good afternoon.
1: Eddie, how are you doing? How are
0: you? Uh, very good. Thanks. Very good. Thanks very much for uh, taking our call um, today to 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 kind of have a bit of a dive into your own uh, your own life and your own career. But you've you've been keeping yourself very busy during lockdown with uh, writing your own autobiography.
1: Yeah, I suppose It's um, I don't know. Was it ever inti- intended to be honest? But uh Liam Hayes and Hero Books would have approached me back a, a few years ago and stuff of like that. And again, you know, we had we did a few conversations. Um, I was never really looking to to um, uh, write a book, maybe so early, or whatever. But but from talking to Liam and stuff, and maybe the autobiography took a maybe a little bit of a different slant than most ones do. So we spoke a lot about coaching, a lot about the past. And uh, by the time we finished talking, we. Well, Liam
0: felt there was something in it, so we said we'd go ahead with it. And it's the, the book itself. You know, I've been lucky enough to get some snippets out of it um, over the last couple of days, and I'm I'm really intrigued. You know, I, I would have been a big fan of yours when I was growing up. I was living in Galway in '98 when you won the All Ireland and things like that. So it was, you know, it was an exciting time, and I knew you. But the book, as you say, it does take a different type of slant. I mean, you know, some of the snippets that I've read out of it. Um, one of the ones that I, I, I'm just going to start off by asking you a question on it and I thought it was, it was very interesting was your take, and maybe I, I don't want to be misquoting you either now, but your take on one of the All-Ireland Finals that you you played in, the number of possessions you had in that game when you came on as a, I think you came on very early in the game as a sub um, after 17 minutes. Um, it, it was just, my take on it was you were talking about how little time a player would actually have a ball in his possession in a game. Um, you know in, in, in the total time of it and I just I just wonder you know is, is that something that, that coaches are missing when they're when they're training teams at the moment is it we focus on everything that we're going to do with the ball should we be focusing on what we're doing when we don't have the ball I mean I know it's a, a bit of a strange question
1: I think the, one, the other question is I don't think it's that strange either, to be honest I think you know and to, be, to be fair you, most coaches you will always hear you know work hard you haven't got the ball or work hard basketball. so people don't actually ignore that but possibly what might be missed is the fact that we don't understand maybe how long we're actually off it and if you break down the, you know, you know you've said it yourself the, the ratio as to when you're on and off it's, as I said it's 7-9-1 in inter-county and it's 6-9-1 in in in, um, in clubs so and I suppose I was looking enough to maybe you know the, back in 1998 and 2001 and stuff there wasn't that much stats done on it but that was a piece of material I, we, we found when we were writing the book it was just to, to back up the point and um it's so I think if you look at the at the time you're off the ball it's probably there's probably a lot more that can be done there and you know if you're a coach and you really want someone to impact the game off the ball, I think we need to break it down a bit further for the for for the players to value and understand, yeah, you know what he's not talking rubbish here it's not just a kind of a statement there's something behind this because you know there's there's loads of stuff you can do in all the ball and this is not all about defense in attack you know the 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 runs you make through to pull people out of the way At the time you know a lot of people come to meet the ball and get a handy hand pass maybe they're better off going the opposite way it's just how to create space when you have the ball and I suppose how to take it away when you when, when you haven't got it
0: and it's it's, it's interesting because I, I, I go, I'm going to come back to the book in a while but I just I just want to take you back to the, the time under John O'Mahony um, with Galway you know it was a mm-hmm the first question I'm going to ask you about is is, is is the stats side of it it's interesting that you say to me that there wasn't very many stats in 1998 uh, that you work off whereas I I, I I go and watch the hurling matches now with down here in Kilkenny and you go and watch Kilkenny senior hurling match and at half time it's like the bible is dropped in front of us um, with 7,000 stats and I'm looking at it and, and there's a few times in my head I look at the stats and I think to myself what in the name of God am I meant to do with all of this and then I wonder, in 98, when you know stats, you know, what, what did yeah. you do with it? So, the first question I kind of really put to you on this one is, the lack of stats in 98, did it affect you or did you only work on specific ones? And then, looking at your tenure as Galway manager, was it very stats-driven?
1: Yeah, look, you, you, you know, also in the book theory, like, uh, we, have to be, we have to be very careful because I suppose when I was in Sligo, I was five years there as well and five years in Galway and sometimes you're trying to get everything in there. In particular, if you hear the guy down the road is doing this, and this guy is doing this, and all of a sudden, like you said, you have, a, you have a whole lot of information in front of you. And you know, it's probably one of the most dangerous things you can do. And um, you know, where do you start? How do you follow up? Uh, how do you measure it? All those things. So it's really, really important. I've said this in the book a good few times, uh, and I'm saying it in growth course as well, less is less is more, you know? And if you cloud yourself with too much, you're going to get bogged down, and you're not actually going to carry out stuff. So. You know, it's almost like big rocks in the middle of pebbles. You look after the rocks, and let the pebbles look after themselves. And it's what's important to you, what's important to your team, what's important to the individual for him. For what's his three KP- three or two, two or three KPIs? What's what's the three work ons for him? Not ten. What's the three that he can get out of the way now and work on it every single day? Because too much stats and too much information can re- can be really dangerous. You know, but I suppose go back to ninety eight and long before that, the, the stats was were starting to come in. Um, but you weren't bogged down so whatever came that time um, was interesting now you'll find as you said if everything is thrown in front of you you get bogged down and you may not look after what's what the big rocks are so it's really important to identify what you're going after and, and then the other thing is how to go after them and understand how to go after them and then pass it over to the players that they actually believe in what you're doing so yeah look at it it's a very, very point It's but, but it's, it's kind of less is more as far as I'm concerned but, but get the right stuff
0: and if you take your time, like you you're writing the book now, um, and I know it's something that you touched on as well. Like, I I manage and train the team down here in Kilkenny, and I'm always very conscious after game. They might say to me, "Oh, you set up a bit differently today," and I'd be like, "No, no, no, we most certainly didn't," because you don't want to give away anything. But I just wonder if you yeah. if you look at your time at Sligo and Galway and your time as your playing career, is this is this grow coach the, the plan of it? Is that a collection of all of the stuff that you did in them times, or is it more a collection of all the stuff that you learnt during them times? Is it, is it since you've stood back and you've looked at it, that you've analysed it more? Do you know what I mean? It's is it, it's not a reflection of what you were doing at yeah. Sligo.
1: No, <clears throat> no to, to a degree, some of it is. Uh, and, and some of it, is, you know, you kind of got to mix it up a bit. And I suppose When I went to Sligo first, which is 2008 now, so that's, that's 12, 13 years ago, the technology... Like your huddle and all those type of things wasn't there, so it was starting to come in. Um, so you were starting to do little bits and pieces of it, but it evolved. It evolved massively, and in particular, I'd say 2015, 16, when as I said to you the, the 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 huddle and all that type of thing came in, and you're you're using their laptops and the, and the players are using their phones and and so all of that's really, really, really evolved. So in in the grow coach thing, where we we really are, we're really looking at the most stuff that we could actually analyze and that was when the t- technology came in so look when i was coaching galway uh, you know i could spend two to three hours most mornings going through analysis maybe i, I should I say even player behavior or player footwork or balance whatever under- it? it's what was causing missed tackles uh why were people rushing in why were people standing off all those you have to kind of look at that and maybe some people just haven't got the confidence that they can stop up other people then might may, may be just are gung-ho and they can't see any danger so they just, they just kind of run flat out and they, they miss the tackle so you look at all the behaviours like that and you see how can you help by transferring footwork and we'll say the knowledge for themselves to understand that this is what's causing this and this is where they can improve and this is not all, all negativity because you always have to show what's positive and you know if this is positive let's go and make it a little bit better so it's those little things that we can do so we make you know get with two or three positives and two or three negatives and hold it to each player and work on it. But we have got to give them the tools. So we probably have to have the knowledge of, like I said to you, it's in the book and Grow Coaches, you know, people think it's a very simple thing to run to the 21-metre line and turn on the line and and come back. But if you put 10 or 12 fellas and do that in your coaching session, in a normal club session, or even county, you'll probably see two or three fellas that come a little bit short of the line, and two or three will go over the line. Because in in that time they're trying to maybe have their own little race in their head, but the big thing for me would be how do you turn and how do you swing quickly, so there's little things like that and that's 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 the type of stuff you can bring into underage without even understanding what is far later on in life, so it's very simple stuff, it's it's just the least, sorry simple is the wrong word, if you break it down and you spend along on a you see the small things that that matter and if you can get them right at at, at a young age you don't come into a senior team trying to, as I said, decommission kind of poor behaviours or Poor habits because that's always in the psyche. And I suppose, even, even when you're improving and you get to a certain point and, and the game comes under, under pressure at senior level, that person is well able to go back to what they learned as a youngster and which we call revert to type. So it's really important to get a lot of this stuff, I, my opinion, uh, into the younger, younger age group. And it's not just for Gaelic, this is for, you mentioned hurling there, it's for rugby, it's for soccer, it's for everything. It's uh, footwork a balance, visual awareness. All the type of stuff is really vital in the seven to nine one or the six
0: to nine one and and just 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 on it with when you when you talk about you know I, I can see your point on on footwork and balance and, and I can obviously see the importance you know kids as you said yourself if, if, if I'm training from under eights up to under 16s or under 17s and my coaches are showing me to do it a certain way that's how I learned that's the instinctive way I will always do it me myself if I'm coming out on a ball that's driven in low in front of me for whatever reason I always turn on to my left I always do and I'm quite easily marked unfortunately because of my habit for doing that but that's something that was never worked on as a young person but like for, for your philosophy and your kind of grow coach ethos we'll say is that something that can still be brought into kind of adult teams and managers then work towards fixing these things with adult players Totally
1: totally uh, like look at it I suppose you know, for the last ten years I've been coaching senior teams. It wasn't young teams. But in the last fifteen years I, I still coach on un- underage basketball. So I'm I'm always going from the youth to the to the to, to, to the the elderly seniors so I call it. So there's always you can always see different stuff and that's why one of the reasons I I do this. It just keeps my mind it keeps my mind going and you learn so much from from actually watching you're watching youngsters as well. But um, no, you can always coach people of the older ages. It's more difficult. Far more difficult but you can guess a certain percentage gain and you know if you get that percentage gain you may get an extra score or two in the game and you might stop or score or two going in the first I, you know for example the most simple thing in a basketballer's life would be what they call under the boards they blocking out you know when the ball is in the air what do I do now for that split second when the ball is in the air what's my biggest impact I can't catch a voice the ring if it hits the ring it can bounce anywhere so what can I do for that maybe two seconds and I'll find my man, what I call find, feel, and fetch. You find him with your eyes to you see where, where's the danger. You make a physical contact by feeling whatever it is. And then you can, you may decide to fetch or not fetch. And the same applies. So take the Tommy Walsh goal, sorry, the, the Cork goal against Kerry last year in the Munster final. It's injury time, you know, and the ball is in the air for four seconds. And I think it's Tommy Walsh from Kerry that was back in his, yeah. his own full back line. And the Cork guy got the goal. If Tommy had blocked out, it's a simple coaching Thing that was done if he blocked out there was no goal for Cork regardless of how good that Cork goal was and again that's probably the difference difference of winning and losing and I, I don't want to pick on that on, on, on one person what I'm saying is all those little gains and little, little battles are in every single game it's probably there's, there's hundreds of them in every game but we don't see them it's a visible game but unfortunately we'll always look at the one in the last in the, in the last second the cause the of the loss so that's why I'm just because that's a high profile goal and bring it up to you that that could have been, well have been stopped by coaching the 791.
0: one and it's like it's interesting you say it I remember Brian Cody a number of years ago being asked by Marty Morrissey about a penalty that was given in the game was it a penalty or wasn't it a penalty and Brian said well the referee gave the penalty so I'm going to assume it was a penalty and Marty Morrissey went to push it and Brian said hold on a second he said there was 62 frees and pe- you know 62 times that referee blew the whistle today he said are we going to analyse all 62 or are you just going to talk to me about that one and, and I always found it quite funny but it's the point that you make we all look at that stat in the last minute of a game when a guy's in front of the goal and he kicks it wide or a goal is buried but it's the stat after minute three or minute six that's missed Um, and like when you when you analyse a game yourself with Galway you would have and Sligo you would have started at minute one and and worked your way through it and looked at individual battles across the field and said how can I improve this player by 2% or 3% or 4% is that the way you'd break it down?
1: Totally yeah yeah and again you know I suppose that's that's what mm. I suppose depenalizing is because the 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 obvious ones that have been brought was anyway because it's out there and I suppose that's the type of reporting that's done and I, you know our Sunday nights that's what you're going to get anyway because it's the obvious stuff in a way I suppose as coaches we we have to go a lot deeper than that because we all know there's going to be bad decisions in games we all know it it won't always be carried out properly we all know that what we do there's going to be mistakes and again I suppose and the hardest way to achieve is through others so we've no control and. So all you can do is get the others as good as you can get them, and trying to get them to do a particular skill better more often. You are still going to have mistakes. It's, it, that's never ever going to stop. Yes. Like we all strive for excellence, but is it ever? It's never achieved at the top level, and never will be. So to be fair, you've got to analyse every single thing and say, well, what was the build-up? And I've made example of the um, you know the Murphy goal in, in the book, the um, goal I guess Mayo and that are in the final. 23-second clip there, you know, there was 19 seconds building up to the two seconds that Murphy caught and buried a brilliant goal. But you're going to see the footwork from the Mayo defenders before that. I mean, for you know, Shea, Barry Morden, just just it, just one bad decision and one and one bad footwork, and that 19 seconds could have impacted what happened the last two. But it wasn't necessarily just. And we, all, you know, everybody spoke about the mismatch. I think it might, it might have been Kane from Mayo. Everyone spoke about. You know, the brilliant goal it was a brilliant goal but what could have been done in the other 21 seconds of that of that actual battle and again that's the, the little things we, we probably f- forget to look at
0: and it's just when you say about it because it's it, it's something it's a, it's a bit of a bugbearer of mine the Sunday game because I want to talk to you a little bit about that for a second they come in and they show snippets and analysis of a game um, you know in your time as Galway manager, and like I, I remember, I remember you vividly as a player, um, and then in your time as Galway manager, you know there was, in 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 your opinion, um, probably unfairly touted, but the the Sunday game had kind of measured the Galway team under you as a kind of a defensive a defensive unit that were set up that were making themselves very hard to beat. You wouldn't agree with that yourself. I would, I actually,
1: would yeah. I would, right. Because in fairness, in fairness. I suppose uh, I would because it was it was um, we actually improved so much in that area it, it became obvious and all of a sudden we said the goal we weren't, we weren't a soft touch anymore and you know again that's down to understanding what space to take you know I, I, I break down in the growth coach I break down the field into five lanes and it's the same for every sport where the danger is and where aren't they so lane one and five isn't as dangerous as two, three and four so you know when you protect your three your channel three, two, three and four in the right areas and have the skill with the footwork, and have the understanding of, of visual awareness to be in the right places in those areas, you're going to make life very, very difficult for your opposition, regardless of how good they are. And I suppose we got to a point in 2018 where we didn't concede any goal in Division One, bar one, and I think it was seven minutes in injury time when we were eight points up against Man, when the game was over. So you know, we when we got to a point in 2018, we actually targeted. We always set ourselves target because goal. We were probably conceding three and four goals every game before we came in. We got it down to a point that in Division 1 football that we were looking to to give 0.5 of a goal chance in each half, which meant one in a game, and to concede none. That was our target. And we believe we could achieve those targets because we had worked so hard to get to that point. So to be fair to Sunday game on that one, they were actually dead right. It's just that their analysis was actually, how they carried it out was dead wrong. So it's 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 just it's still understanding that the... Best teams know how to take space in the right areas and do, and and have the tools equipped to carry out the, the proper footwork understanding, and then when the ball changes hands, how to use the five lanes uh, in attack. And it's look, at it's, it's the same for nearly every sport. But you know, I take that seriously as, as a compliment. So I must, I'm not too a night eleven, ladies So don't worry about that. <laughs> so I suppose it came to that point where all we were now, you know, I, someone labelled us with the dark arts. You know, for. So that was almost another compliment because we had come from being the, the pushovers or we're we going to call it and God, oh, we should be achieving far more and we fancy dancing and stuff. So in 2018, you know, it was actually a serious uh, compliment to us that they started to see us in a different light.
0: And would it, would it annoy you when you'd see, like like i seen it with Donegal. I remember going to an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, I think it was Donegal in Dublin. Now it was a poor game scoring-wise but the guy that was sitting beside me said to me this is this is a hard watch and I said to him, look at the donegal backs look at the, they when they don't have the ball they're they're hunting in packs they're coming from everywhere and you know he was kind of the purest and he was sitting there kind of saying no no like you know he much prefer 118 to 117 where i was just enthralled with the movement by the donegal the, the donegal team was like they were moving as a group it was a, it was a unit moving around the field like mm. does does it, does it annoy you when the narrative it's not celebrated when a team is actually closing out games, really, really good fighting like that. That that's not acknowledged as much as say a team free scoring like the team you were on with the likes of Jaff Allen, Joyce, lads like that, kicking points from all over the place.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, absolutely. That 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 is one thing. And look, I'm I'm, I'm really hoping one of the reasons I run the book, to be honest with you, and one of the reasons the growth coach is actually to change a mindset out there because, you know. People need to enjoy our games, and I think you know you're, you're you're hurling hurling country yourselves as well. But you know it depends on the narrative that's pushed out there. And in fairness, you know you've got the <laughs> hurling seems to have changed quite a bit and it's changed personnel, where the football seems to be very stagnant. And it's just kind of well, you know, well they conceded eight nineteen or eight ninety one in the league, and they scored ten forty eight, whatever you want to say. We all know that that's a simple stat to, to read. Where this needs to go to is. So that so that people go like your mates going to a game that they can actually enjoy the game. It should be incumbent on the likes of a Sunday game or whoever is going to be your national broadcast that the knowledge comes out from behind that table. This is what's happening and this is why it's happening. And all of a sudden you've got the public starting to start looking for the things that you were looking for today you went to, to enjoy it. And you know I've I've had a lot of reporters onto me since I came out. And the, you know the which is and I love talk about it because I really enjoy it and I believe in it is. A lot of reporters said to me that they're delighted this has come out because they've been going to games the last 20, 25 years writing the tame type of stuff where they, they can look for some different stuff that they can report on and bring it out to the public that now the game is starting to evolve. And you'll always see now, now you know all these committees in Club Park looking for what's the next rule change. There's, there's no massive need for a rule change. It's a, it's, a, it's a mind change that's needed here. And, you know, even in lockdown, you look back on the games, including some of our own games, that are recognized being very good games, there was there was fierce bad stuff in that as well. You know, I look back on it now compared to you know, what's been done now. And you know, so the, the narrative is driven. And it's important that the public maybe get a, a better idea of, you know, when someone says this thirteen behind the ball, it's important probably to understand what that thirteen are doing, not just go flip-flapping and giving lazy commentary. Pulling out two or three clips, which might be false, not back, not backed by the overall fact, that does annoy me because it's starting to put the wrong thoughts out there where we should be enjoying our game if we got the right uh, analysed on your top table.
0: And and just 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 on that because there's the, the two teams I will kind of point out to you. I am sure you studied one of them uh, a lot, but the Limerick Senior hurling team and the Dublin Senior football team. Um, Limerick Senior hurling team to me looking at it have set up a stall where if I was to make it a very simple reading of their their system they have a huge half forward line as in physically big men they're, they're targeted really yeah. as, it's the kind of go to ball for them at a puck out and then they've got two insanely athletic wing backs that will make these burst and runs but Limerick have kind of said that they're taking hurling to a different level that they're happy not to score goals and I'm sure there's never been a conversation in the Limerick trust saying let's not score a goal but they're they're hitting points from 50 60 yards yeah. creating the space and tapping them over the bar and we're 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 celebrating that Limerick team as being one of the you know the greatest teams of of a generation um, the Kilkenny team at the same time 10 15 years ago were blasting five and six goals in every game getting the same outcome of winning in all Ireland but the team that you would have looked at a bit more I'm sure is the Dublin senior football team. Um, I watched Dublin playing Westmead in this year's championship. Um, Westmead stopped them from scoring a goal. I'm sure. I'm sure they were hoping for more than that, but Dublin didn't. They failed to score a goal against Westmead in that game. And Westmead, in fairness to Westmead management, they were criticised heavily for being so defensive in the game. But when I watched it, Dublin were as as defensive as Westmead. There was times where Dublin had thirteen or fourteen men in their own half but not once when the game was being analysed did anyone point out that the Dublin half-forward line were playing in the half-back line and the Dublin full-forward line had pulled right out. But Westmead, it was dived on and I think it's Jack Cooney is over Westmead at the time and the the narrative that was being suggested was they set up to lose by only a small amount of scores, but the truth of the matter was both teams are probably set up quite similarly and Dublin have probably better players to implement the plan.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, you hit it in the head there. Uh, look, at, uh, you're dead right, I was sorry Dublin quite a bit, and they're one of the best in the country at doing which you've described, but they're, they're doing the right thing because they're, they're covering space and they're, uh, we'd say, when they turn over the ball, they're, they're hitting their their fast men up front. And that's, at the end of the day, what most people are trying to do here is, is, is get to a point where they can win. Look and come against you, all the kind of stuff, but yeah, look, at Dublin do that all the time. I suppose, again, that's that's where my little bit of a gripe is. Uh, like you've said, the analysis without proper fact is not being given out. And it's just unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And I suppose the other way it is, there's no one there to challenge that. So when someone talks for an hour every Sunday night, this stuff comes out, they pick out the clips, that suits, it, it fits the narrative, whatever reason, either either it doesn't, they might, might want to know it, or maybe it just suits the narrative to make everybody struggling down here and maybe up here so whatever that is but I, would, you would love to see that being challenged and let the public enjoy the game more and maybe understand and coming out with the of the dressing room that's one of the reasons as well I have no issue with bringing some of this information out here now because I think it's time that people start to say look well, this is the type of stuff that goes on inside the county dressing rooms and it goes on inside the club dressing rooms to a degree as well but you know, you have to look and say, well, what's been done for 79 minutes off the ball in, in, the, in the county and 69 off club, and what's been done when you have the minute? And to be honest with you, Eddie, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind I'm, of, I'm, a I'm, minute has been very probably high demands. You know, yeah. you crowd maybe for maybe 40 seconds. You know, uh, so maybe someone that likes a solo all day might, might get up the minute. Others might be 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So that's where it lies. So I think if we go that deep into it. I think that's where you're going to analyse and in fairness the guys in the British Soccer at the minute what they call the Neville and and Carragher they're they're doing that type of stuff and it's actually intriguing when you start to look at it and understand it
0: It, It's interesting you say it about Neville and Carragher Davy Fitz was on the receiving end of again the Sunday game Uh, you know the, the basically he'd set up his sweeper system I can't remember which of the analysts it was that was discussing it but it, it, they basically they put him through the minster a small bit um, and I, I know yourself with Sligo when you were beaten by London that time as well you were you were put through the minster a small bit too on the Sunday game and Davy's argument at the time was probably what you would have felt himself was that there was, no, there was no chance for defending yourself there was no chance to kind of say hold on a second I don't agree with this. This is what was happening and show it. But he had suggested that it was time that the Sunday game, yeah, run that out and make it the nice fun show that we have after a match and look at it. But he felt that on a Monday night or a Tuesday night, it's now time that the GEA bring in experts, analysts, that we do an, an analytic show on the game that actually allows Davey Fitz if he's retired he comes in and he said right Kevin Walsh's team set up so and so and he shows them on a tactic board this is what was happening you know and this is why this was and even he can he was saying that you can look at the Sunday game for the night before there might be a player that was singled out for doing something wrong the analytics lags look at it and actually show you know this is what happened this is do you not think that we're in an age now where we have all of this technology we have all the analysis now is it not time that maybe the gea say listen let's let's make a boots and all show on a monday night 40 minutes long two feature games and bring in guests like yourself like davy fitz that will actually analyze the game purely from that perspective as opposed to what i think sometimes can happen is sometimes agendas are kind of fought out on the sunday game as well
1: Yeah, fair point. Of yeah, I, I would love to see it happen. Mm. I'd love to see it happen. I suppose you know when we if you go back twenty, thirty years ago, and we say people winning competitions that time, whether big club or county, it wouldn't have been near as professional as now. So that has moved on. So if we had the habits and behaviours of twenty, maybe thirty, forty years ago, you wouldn't be winning unless you evolved. You wouldn't be winning because it was it was impossible because you wouldn't be doing enough work. So the game is improved. So when I talk now to football teams I suppose and there's nothing wrong with enjoyment we all there's fun is enjoying people go out and they kick football in the field and play hurting in the field but at some point you have to say do you want to play football or social football and if it's social football just go enjoy it there's absolutely and there's no fun sorry there's no, there's nothing wrong with that because you're not willing to commit your life to winning something high so that, that's lovely and it's very very good for you to get out and play so if you want to play social football you're not your habits and behaviours probably won't be good enough to go on and play county senior football, and I'm saying the same as analysis now. We're seeing stuff back 30 years ago. The, I would consider almost now if that's almost a show. Is it a kind of a for a bit of fun? I don't know, but it's time to move on. That analysis 30, and the tech, the technology is there. It's there, as you said. Get people, you know, in to really, really evaluate mm-hmm. all parts of the game, and you know, break it up and put it out there. And that allows the game to evolve more again as well. So that's something that, that we always challenge ourselves. Like when I was with Galway and all that, particularly at the end, I'd always surround myself with somebody who challenges, may not have the biggest input in what team is going to next Sunday, but they're always at training, always uh, looking in from outside. They're always a kind of a professional person, a business led person, who would actually come in and challenge us as management. So that whatever we missed, and if we, if we won matches, that. We weren't actually out celebrating ourselves, type of thing. That you know, it's okay, let's move on. We'll be challenged that night, and the following day, we look at this wasn't good enough, so that we can go and keep improving. So, that type of mentality needs to come into everything, including including, you've mentioned the, the analysis. Everybody should be challenged. It's not just good to be firing out stuff and come into next week and throwing out something like that's said on a Sunday night and give, give. and maybe that's why it's done. I don't know. It gives reporters a full week to to, to write about it, and, and and that's more stuff that's not even hundred percent correct. So, maybe that's what's driven. And again, that's not that's, that's not my choice. Or like that, but this needs to come to another level for people to understand as we're going. And again, look at you talk at rule changes. You know the the offensive mark and all that stuff. Maybe they're needed. Maybe the maybe the the, the perception is wrong. You know, and maybe if you look deeper into it, and you see. Well, with the heap of rules already, it's one of the most complex games out there. You know, rugby is fifteen behind fifteen is an offside. It's fair. It's easy enough to ref it. Like when I played basketball, there was two referees in a, on a court. There's now three because two couldn't see everything done. There's three referees in a court, in a small area. We're still looking at one referee, and you know what? We've linesmen who are referees. But what I can see, it's more. Look, this is my Sunday. You should take quiet there, you know, lads, and the eleventh day next week. This has to be a collective effort where you put a whistler around, around the neck of the guys one each side and have three or four referees there's no reason why you can't do that and if there's something something's gone off the ball you know I was involved in matches where a referee would have ran down three or four times down where he happened to see a little tug of a jersey and would have been complimented in the analysis for his good vision but unfortunately if you look at it from another side that same referee would probably have missed 12 or 13 whether he meant to by design or just couldn't see it there could be another 30 of those in the game so now we've got an unbalance by seeing one or two of these things so if you're carrying out that type of refereeing, make sure that all angles of the pitch are covered because now you're changing momentum of the team by by having to see something that even some other guys didn't even see. But that type of stuff, if, if we really want to get that point, now your rules might be good enough. But get the referees out there that can actually carry out the current rules. Don't mind starting to fire more rules.
0: So just just on your point with with, with extra referees, I spoke with Michael Dygan last week, and, and one of the questions I had with him was, um, in equipment, in, in hurling in particular, the the slitters are getting lighter and the hurls are getting better. So basically, what's happening now is we're getting to the stage now where we're going to see a goalkeeper shooting from a poke out soon. If they keep evolving yeah. the way it's, it's evolving, so I said to Michael, is it a concern that we need to make the ball heavier? And and very like what you've said is is exact. Answer was that first and foremost, is, is he said we don't need to um, make anything change, we just need to be able to referee the rules that are already in place. We don't need to be making balls heavier or hurls worse, he said. But but maybe get for senior inter county games, get two or three referees onto the field that they can actually see everything that's happening. Because when you look at the Gaelic football, they're constantly changing the rules. There's the cynical foul, this type of thing, black cards, even the marks like the mark you never would have played, you played club football with a mark, but you never played inter-county football with a mark I mean it, it, for somebody like yourself I can only imagine as a manager it would have been a dream to have you in midfield when there was a mark allowed on the pitch I mean it was it was your bread and butter was fielding the ball um, like is a rule like that it, was it necessary in the GAA was you know the, I, I think the idea was that they were afraid that hand passing was coming becoming too prevalent and if they put in a mark they might kick the ball further is that the case <coughs>
1: But, you know, I'm not so sure that that was it. I think if you look back on it, like, because when I was playing midfield, I would believe that when you fetch the ball, there's actually another massive skill when you come down with it. And that's how to get free. So you can transfer a ball into one hand on your way down, use the other hand to get loose. For me, them were the unseen skills. But unfortunately, I suppose what people seen was someone coming down who didn't have those skills. They were maybe crowded out by three or four people. And then, again, we're back to the refereeing. What probably happened here was there was no real defined um, whistle to be blown. We we'll say when, when was it? Was it poor coming in fouling, or was it an over carry? So I think that's where the mark came in more than anything else. It was more, but then again, you know, for me, when I heard it coming in at the time, I remember it was coming in, I was saying, Do you know what? There's a skill when you come down as well. There's a skill when you come around the way down. There's a skill of who can actually fetch that ball and before you hit the ground, what to see what's around you. That's a skill as well. So there's loads of small little skills there. So, but having said that, look, that's not the worst rule change. To be fair, I, I don't mind it. Um, but I'd be far, far happier if the rules that's in place if they could be properly freed before we make any changes. And
0: and and you think it's is is it is it as simple as the case as looking at the the basketball world, not using the VARs and stuff. Is it just a case of getting another couple of bodies onto the field, or even giving the linesman whistles?
1: But you look at it, it's, 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 and I know it gets, it, gets, it gets harder as you go down to the clubs and then you go down to the, the junior B, the junior A, that gets harder because you might not have enough people to do it. But you're still looking at, you're almost looking at, if some people are playing the junior C's or club, if say it's, your, it's your third team of clubs, a lot of that is kind of, and I don't mean to downgrade it, but it's, it's, it's a social thing as, as well. So they might request the, the high referee because they might, the same effort might be, have been put in. It. And don't get me wrong here by saying that because some, times you see is it's a top team in some club but the point I'm making is if you're putting in your life and soul into something uh, that's the least you deserve now it's beyond me how you and you always have referees doing linesmen they're there anyway yeah. on the big games it's beyond me to say that they're just there to fill in for someone if it gets injured you know or you know what jury this is my day today don't interfere you will have yours next week that's not good enough this cannot be all about a referee. This has got to be about the best for that person. No more than management. It can't be about the manager. It's got to be about the whole on team and the team. So for me, if I've got 2 intercountry referees on a sideline and all they're doing is waving a flag to see which way the ball went, I mean, the referee will see themself. himself. Give him a rule with a whistle on his neck. He shouldn't have to say, oh, I'm not going to step in. I am a referee as much as he in the middle. That's where this needs to come to. And if you even have three referees at that point, it stops the tugging off the ball. It's, it's, it's going to you know, momentum changes can be given by one referee who who referee tough tough on one team and the other team but those three people have the same power that they blow the whistle when someone does something that, that doesn't mean you go into every niche of course you have got to use cup on because it's, it's such a complex game, there's so many rules in it but at the same time it's just the stuff that needs to be blown give three whistles and blow it up and that's it, and there should be no referee apologising to the referee for blowing it up something untoward had happened, pull it up
0: it, it it seems it seems logical and seems very simple that something that the GEA could review and do instantly I'm sure you've had situations I'm only thinking about myself I know on an occasion two years ago I said it to a linesman there was eight or nine frees the referee had missed and they were blatant and I said it to the linesman I said will you talk to him at half time I said this is bananas I said you can see this and he t- touched me on the arm and he said look you know what he's like Eddie and I kind of thought to myself you know this this is, that, that's not the answer I wanted to hear I mean the linesman was agreeing with me and I'd be hoping like like what you said it seems very it's a very simple thing the GEA could do that tomorrow morning if they decided to do it at almost every championship game because there's always two lines when they
1: Yeah and look and if there are if 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 three of them are three in referees and one of those guys is the guy that's in the middle next week <coughs> surely they're on the panel they're as good as each other so it doesn't make sense for me to have two guys there that's just going to wave a flag and keep out of all play and you see Stuff going on, uh, and and you know what? As managers, then you, you are going to try and exploit that because you're going to say, "Well, look at the referees on that side of the field. Maybe you can do certain things over here to help your team." It might just stop that as well. And there's nothing wrong with that if everybody is on the is on the same page. There's nothing wrong with it because you always have to go according to the rules. And you know, just don't tell me if and I I'm using the basketball sport again. If you need three referees in a basketball court in a small area and they've gone from two up to three. The G is one referee back in nineteen twenty six, it was, and we're and we're still, we're still here, two thousand twenty one with one referee looking at, at a pitch one hundred forty meters by ninety.
0: No, it, it 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 definitely doesn't make sense, Kevin. You, you're 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 making a very valid yeah. point on that. Just just getting back to a different side of the game. Um, you 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 have been lucky enough to have managed your own native county and and have managed Sligo, but you know I I know myself from being at matches and I know myself from from being on the receiving end of it sometimes as well it can it can be a little bit of a tankless position um, and I know you would have experienced it on, on, on a number of occasions yourself um, be it I don't know what's the right way to, rephrase, to phrase it is it abuse from a crowd or your, your, you know particularly from your own home supporters um, I've no problem with an away team supporter having a cut at me that just means mm-hmm. we're doing something right but I, I'm sure it hurts when it's when it's your own home supporters, and you've you've had you know experiences with that with Galway, um, would you talk to me a small bit about some of the occasions yeah. of that?
1: Yeah, if you look at, I look at them, and I have to say this, it hasn't been too often, so I'm not, quite, you know, what I have put in absolutely put it put it, put, it, put it in the book, but but it's always there, you know, and to be fair, I can totally understand because when you're a supporter, you're you know you're you're mad for your team to win, you know, and so there's nothing wrong with let me say where someone gets a bit animated and someone because that's that's natural it's like when you're playing sports you might for a few seconds you, you're even annoyed yourself at times well so it's often natural because you you go any, any goal support or supporter or wherever our country they're from of course they're going to uptight and of course they're going to say something and there's nothing wrong with that but it's just it's the, it's the few that are there that go beyond that you know uh, where threat or you know i mean Absolute thickness, or whatever you want to call it, uh, kicks in. It's disappointing. It's disappointing for someone or some person who actually think they're they're, they're a county supporter when they carry on like that. They're not a, a supporter. They're they're probably a fan that wants it their way. And you know, there's a huge difference between a supporter and someone that goes to a match. So for me, when I break that down, they're, they're you know, ninety nine percent are supporters from a county, and I've been I've been very grateful to support I had in Galway, and I, I had a massive five years, and could have gone for six one as well. But I suppose just putting everything in, in into context and if it's in the book you know a lot of the reasons, i just felt it was it was time for me to get take it away. But um I have to say ninety nine percent of the supporters are are, are are brilliant. But just that one percent who think they're supporters, who, you know, they're completely opposite. And uh, while they obviously want your team to win, that doesn't mean you're a gallery supporter. A supporter supports you in your in your in your down day and your up day, where you've got that one percent and unfortunately they they kind of they want to hear themselves heard, and they're also kind of in your face now and again. So it can be difficult when that happens, but it didn't happen too often. But it does it does hurt too, right? It does hurt. Right.
0: And it's it's just like I know. I remember reading about Liam Griffin, um, famous Wexford hurling manager. Liam Griffin's Wexford team yeah. was beaten by Meath, um, the Kingpins of hurling, that are Meath in in nineteen ninety five, and and I read an article about Liam being basically. Abused uh, on his return to Enniscorthy uh, for a team meeting, and he was being abused, and he was told to get in his car and head back wherever he came from, and the whole lot. And twelve months later, there was a parade yeah. through Wexford with the Liam McCarthy, and Liam was God, and and he always, yeah, refer- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he always <clears throat> refers back to it. Now, in fairness, to Liam, um, <laughs> he knew the guy that done it and, it, and that had abused him, uh, so when he was telling the story, right. he he actually tells him by name, uh, which is probably a little bit harsher, but. It's just like, like like you know, for, for, for somebody like yourself with a family, um you know, people forget this when they're at matches that like and I know from my own kids have saying had said it to me, you know, Jesus daddy, that, that person was calling you this today and that person was calling you that. And to be you know, I know where my kids are sitting on a game, so they're more than likely sitting with our supporters. So it's um it's it's a harder one to take. But it's not nice. And I think is it something that people need to be Mm-hmm. educated on a small bit that when you're going to these games the people sitting around you are the parents of the brothers and sisters of the children of the people on the field that we are it's an amateur sport at the end of the day and every one of us are doing it voluntarily it's it's not acceptable mm-hmm. that we just say ah, look it, it's part of the game that's I, I don't think it's an acceptable thing do you think it's something that the gea should look at and, and and start putting in sanctions if there's stuff like this Tot- happen? <clears throat> t- 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 totally and I, th- I
1: think if somebody's recognized that uh goes beyond the bounds of what a supporter should be like whatever, whatever that whatever that way whatever that line would be uh, but if you, if you see it's, it's 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 something that shouldn't be happening to, to that level I'd be, I'd be suspending those guys from matches and that's that's the, that's the truth of it if you can identify something like that there's only a few because but again I go back to my you know perception is reality I go, and I go back to the reporting because goes was, was on in our national international program. And again, if you like you mentioned about this defensive football and attacking football or whatever it is. He, that narrative, uh, you know, those people who might be on a, a line, whether they're a supporter or a fan, it's probably driving them over the edge because they're not maybe educated, like the, it's the word you used, but maybe they're, they're, they don't actually know what's going on. And maybe if that proper program like you're talking about is, will be done and those people can see that, it may just bring them down that level where they become a supporter. And, you know that type of stuff so if you can imagine that if they're they looking at this every Monday, Sunday night and it actually for whatever reason it actually does annoy them that the, 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 the reporting or their perception has been given out there and they come to a match and they, and they see again what they've been hearing it might just make them more annoyed than they should be annoyed so then again that's why I've always say that type of stuff should be challenged and at least if you, were, if you are an, an, an analyzer like that you should be backing up everything with fact not just pulling out a clip or two that suits you or suits a narrative because there could be 10 more clips on the other side there. You mentioned about Dublin earlier on. They could pull out 20 pitches or chips or clips and show well, this is what the team are at. There could be 15 for Dublin at that particular game and, and they don't pull out one. So that's not balanced. That's not backed up by proper fact. And all that comes out to, to the supporters and it even goes in as far as referees because some at some point they're going to say well I, I might teach these boys a lesson that they're doing this and that. That's where this unbalance is coming and it's, it's affecting a lot of stuff right through the GS. I've mentioned I've mentioned maybe one or two referee decisions I've mentioned uh, the rule change I've mentioned the, the supporters on the sideline uh, there's, there's a lot of factors here that perception can drive the wrong way
0: Yeah it's, it is it, it is it is um it, it is a very interesting one when you say that about referees as well because you'd forget the referees are watching these these games like the Sunday game um. I I'm trying to remember was it Johnny Cooper got sent off in the All-Ireland Final uh, two years ago I think it was Johnny Cooper um, was sent off in the Mm -hmm. All-Ireland Final for. but I remember watching it and early in the game maybe it's because my brain from watching it previously I assume he should be booked in every game because the the narrative at night time is that look at him fouling again look at him fouling again pulling the jersey and he was probably harshly sent off in the All-Ireland Final because the build up was too the referee needs to clamp down on this and when you hear someone saying that you know, you know, you're you're on the back foot if you're Johnny Cooper, if you know, and that that, that that's what you're saying. You're right. The referees are watching these.
1: oh 100 percent. That's what I'm saying, and I'm saying if there's something said as well in, in the National Airways. You know, there's almost maybe that maybe that that might be, the, the, referee, the referee might not watch it at all. It could be brought into the referee room by somebody because these guys have said this. Let's watch this next Sunday. There, there could be a hundred things else more they could say too, but so as you said someone can be targeted or something can be targeted for whatever reason because of what's been said and fair enough it's as it's fact to back it up but you have to say it's a fact to back other, up others as well balance it out with different people or if it's fact to back up a team like you said about Dublin early on about behind the ball of course Dublin Roy is behind the ball of course they are and I don't think that you know, if, if, if you're to say here today if they weren't they wouldn't be a hard working team and they pride themselves on being a hard working team and, and they are a hard working team so of course they're going to be behind the ball to a degree now you'll always try and leave two or three, and if it does suit you, that you've got, like you said about Limerick earlier, if two or three flyers inside, you have a strong half half forward line that can run, why wouldn't they run back and over because they're want to leave space for the guys up front to to do damage? So it makes sense if you break down the game properly.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, another one. Kevin, that I want to kind of touch on with you a bit. Like my wife is from um, Glen in and Connemara, so I'd be up in Galway very, very regularly. Oh, yeah, so Lovely like, spot. exactly. You know, and, <coughs> yeah. but one of the things, uh, Bree's brothers both played football, uh, Tommy probably a lot better than Cullen, but the, the the lads when we were there, the, like, I, I don't know how I'll explain it to you is when, when, when the Galway Hurlers won the All Ireland a couple of years ago, one of the points that was made. Uh, granted over a few points after the game now this wasn't overanalyzed in any way but they said that that when Michael went in he'd 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 brought the whole of Galway together he'd 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 ironed out some issues of a divide and it's something that I hear so often when I'm in Galway is that Galway teams sometimes don't do what they're meant to do don't um, reach the levels that they could have achieved because of this bitterness in a divide in Galway in 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 the county, there seems to be a bit of a split. I I don't know if you if you want to talk to me about it or am I am I doting is this something that's historical? Is it something you know, where where does this all come from or what is it like?
1: Look, I suppose it, it, it's always been said whether it's been said in jest or in fun it's, it's always it's a, you know football, in the football county there's a west, west and a north and there is because I suppose what you've got is, is the river so even dividing it with a river which is fair enough you know but to be fair like it's, I think it's blown up a lot and again the more that people talk about it without, without having any reason to talk about it uh, it makes it sound worse if you know what I mean and Again, that, I suppose that does filter into some decisions when people go a bit after the daft match. Maybe is it a, ge- a geographical thing, or and you don't need that. And I've, I've actually touched on it in the book I anyway, mean, my, my um, Eddie, to be honest with you. It's kind of it's crazy, but some people do break down their counties in the north, and it's not just Galway. I mean, it's it's you hear West Clare, North Clare, you hear West Cork and Cork, so you will hear of all those things. But you know, it doesn't help when it's been talked about like that. But look, look at has never affected me in any shape or form. I was lucky enough to be in, I said, with John Mannie's time, and we had, you know, start every every I'd say every part of goal was covered. And even when I was there myself the last five years, every part of goal was covered again. So, I think it's more talked about. It doesn't seep into the players. All the players get on 100%. I've never seen it ever in my own dressing room or dressing room with the, with the lads, when I've uh, been in charge of them, I've never seen anything like a divide a step in anyone's way. So, I think it's more talk out there mm-hmm. than anything else. But it can again lead into um we call it supporters who might just get a little bit loud with each other because of blah 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 geographical lines. But it certainly doesn't it doesn't affect um the players. It can often affect how supporters come to matches, maybe they start roaring things at, at people which isn't nice either. Um but you'd like to see all that being gone completely, which that's life. I suppose it's such a big county you're gonna have certain areas.
0: Yeah, well, it it, it, it does. I, I remember looking at it before when when there was a manager who came into a, a certain county team, and I said, to "The lads, do you think he'll make a big difference?" And they said, "Oh, well, geographically, he will, because the lads from the south of the county um, tend to miss out an awful lot when we have a manager from the, from the north of the county." And I remember looking, thinking, "If I was managing the team now, I'd be picking the best thirty players I could get. I wouldn't be asking them for their post." Yeah, yeah, code yeah, yeah. you know. But it's it is it <coughs> yeah. just 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 yeah. on another side of management. Um, John O'Mahony obviously was managing you when you won your two All-Irelands you know I, I haven't read any different things about John in, in, in his time as goal manager man management seemed to be a very I, I, I don't know because I wasn't in the dressing room you will but he seemed to have—he put a bit of emphasis on his man management um, of players he, he, he liked to try and I think get inside your heads a little bit and um, is, is, is it something that you kind of... With Grow Coach, is it all technical-based or is it something that you look at as the man-management side of things? And then personally for yourself, was man-management something that was very important as well?
1: Yeah. Um, so I suppose i touched the Grow Coach first. Yeah, in the Grow Coach, um, it, we, we, we touch on all that. You know, We've got a lot of Q&As in there, very short, maybe two, three minutes, in relation to man-management, people's uh, behaviours, challenges as coaches that you will probably have in front of you uh personalities uh behaviors habits that, that you're going to run into that maybe people will have that might challenge you as a coach all the type of stuff we deal with all that type of stuff because I suppose like you said I was looking after to have John amaniy there uh, I would have learned an offer from in in, 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 that, in that type of way looking enough to have gone to sligo and um, suppose manage a division four division three and division two with sligo and then lucky enough to come into Galway and get a chance to manage your own county. And again, you know, manage Division Two and Division One and top Division One. So went right from the bottom of Division Four to Division One. So we've, we've, we've kind of come across all the challenges, like you said, from maybe the lowest one of the lowest teams to one of the highest teams. And I suppose it makes it it it, it shows you a lot more. It's, and again, that's why I said it early on about surrounding yourself with somebody that might also be outside looking in uh, to it'll challenge you. It's always great to have someone to ask you those questions and keep you keep you on your toes. But yeah, I suppose look at John a man. you know his management was, was was seriously good. He 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 knew if people were struggling injury wise, he would have known if people were under pressure work wise. But he, and he also, in fairness, he also would have, would know how to push the boundaries right to the edge to get the best out of you. So that's, I suppose that's a balance. But that took time as well. So something I would have always had hugely with with the teams I went to was to get to know them well. Um, and even when I came to Galway here, I know Jesus spent a long, long time we I would have met every every player. It probably took about two and a half hours, you know, just to get to, to, to get the process done quickly. It's, they just to get the trust and to talk and see, just to get to know person that bit quicker, and to give everybody everyday a voice. So it's something that I would be huge into would be that because then you can talk about their their KPIs, their their two or three things that that they need to improve on to into the team. So I suppose compared to 25 years ago. You're not pick Sunday hard. Look, get fitter. That that was the message. You know, keep working hard. That that message now is no longer any good. You need to be able to tell someone why, why they're not getting played. There has to be reason for it. It can't be just that. All right, work harder. What do you work harder on? Is it the physical side? Is it you can't, like you said yourself, you, you can't hit the ball at both sides. Is it that you just you're physically you're 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 overweight, body fat too high, you can't perform. Is it? That just we know you're super fit, you're brilliant in the gym, but you're finding it very awkward to learn new skills. And while you think that I do now, I do five hours in the gym, and I have for the last ten years, and I'm doing everything I can for the county. You're not really, because you haven't challenged yourself where you're uncomfortable. And that might be: can I play in front? Can I uh, double team? Can I? What's my role as a sweeper? Can I? You know, what's my visual awareness like? What's you know, what's all those? things that helps you so i have a little motto there as a as a coach or manager you should really be comforting the troubled and troubling the comfortable that's where you get everybody improving because sometimes these players that are we call it the perceived top players sometimes there can be a few there there's more in them because they just sit there and they're never really challenged because they can do a certain amount on the pitch that's actually enough but they've got to be challenged to become better players. So I would say we should be tr- troubling those. So you trouble the comfortable, they comfort the trouble. Because sometimes people are lacking in confidence, or they might be lacking in the skill. You should be comforting those people because they're willing to work. So get them as high as you can, but also push the, push the front people forward. And again, that comes with one to one, man to man talk.
0: And like with, with with the GA at the moment, one of the one of the buzz things I hear at the here now is uh, finishers, or. Uh, this lad's coming on he's, he's he's our finisher you hear it in rugby is this just a cop-out from a manager Um, you know that they just don't have the to actually look you in the eye and say listen Kevin you're not starting today because Eddie's playing better than you yeah, and he's playing midfield today and you're on the bench not I don't know if it would have given me any comfort I, I definitely don't think it would have given you any comfort to have a manager saying you know I'm going to bring you on for the last 10 minutes Kevin because you're one of our finishers is, is this just a cop-out that we've created in the media that these lads are finishers you know the best 15 starts is that generally the way it should be.
1: Yeah, well, that'd be my reading of it, yeah. But, but, but to be fair, there is people, and I've come across them, I'd be <clears> totally behind the best 15 starts. But you know, some people some people just just, just, just doesn't suit them to start. You know, sometimes uh, when the space opens up, they just do that a little bit better. Um, but I wouldn't be, but I'd be very very clear on that message. It's just that you haven't been really doing it, doing it to date when you're starting, because but I, but I do and I will, I think it's important for that player to be told that because maybe he can go and work on that so when you're having challenge matches or he gets his next next start he will understand the importance of him proving you wrong so it's not good enough to say I'll park him on the bus I'll park him there on the sideline and let's bring him on for 25 minutes I don't think that's good enough I think there's more in that person there may be a case for that for one or two players that just haven't done it and they've been given their start all the time and didn't do it but again I'd say they'd like to be told that so that they can actually the next time they get their chance they will put everything they have uh, into that first 15 minutes to make sure they make a name themselves
0: so if, if, if I'm a coach myself and I'm and I'm, and I'm leaving player on the bench you, you actually think that this is something that coaches need to be doing is to actually sit down with a player and say look you're not starting today based on X, Y and Z and this is if you can improve in these areas here and really push it this is what we would want to see you, you, the reaction will be hopefully from the player if he's interested is he'll go and improve on these and then for you as the coach you'll end up with now you'll have a headache because you'll have 16 or 17 or 18 players all banging down your door to get your position is that is that what you're saying?
1: Totally uh, yeah and again if you can get him in that position where he actually is fighting to the start but mm. now there's another guy who's becoming uncomfortable so you're troubling him so it's important that we trouble all the first 15 all the time but again we've got to trouble that guy that's sitting on the bench because It can't be good enough either for a player to be happy to sit on the bench. They shouldn't be there if that's the case. So it's important that that feedback goes back to say. But it's also important that they know that you're watching, that you actually understand, that you're also giving them a hope that if this does improve, you actually will start again or you'll get your opportunity. And when you do get it, make sure you make the best of it, that type of thing. Because it's important that that feedback is just all the time. I don't think it's good enough to say, you know what, Um, keep working harder. Because that person will get disillusioned. They will sit there. They come on. They do their best, but they've probably thrown the towel in about starting. So they're now leaving that other person who they're fighting with a little bit more comfortable than they should be.
0: And uh, with your with your own coaching um, style, I, I should say now is, is is the way I'd ask. A lot of this is is the analysis, the analytics behind it, but a typical training session with yourself um, Kevin so if I'm if I'm out in Galway tomorrow we're training for a senior football team we're out in three weeks in championship you know is there a classroom based type of session or is it a session that's we're going to work hard on the field here for 90 minutes and we'll have a 15 minute meeting afterwards or is it one to ones or you know how do you strike the right balance how would you recommend do, do, do you know what I mean I see some managers coming with I even seen it with the with the water breaks. I seen some managers coming out with whiteboards, and I was looking at it going. This is a two minute water break, and this fell has a whiteboard. And I'm, you know, how how do you get the right balance? What way would you suggest somebody looks at that? It's
1: it's it's difficult, and I, it's difficult. And I, I I've I've moved things around all the time to you know done it this way, done it that way. But I think it's important that you review it and see. Do you think it's working? Is it not working? That's why I mentioned the guy outside you. Have someone to challenge on those things because you might think it's brilliant, but it's important to get someone outside. That's, and it could be a very good friend of yours that might have any input in the, in the football game, but just to challenge it, but also get feedback from players. Can it cannot be, you know, I think it's, it's got to be two, two funnels coming at you. Um, but I do, just to, to, to get back to your point, like time now seems to be very, very important. So if you've 90 minutes on a field or 80 minutes on a field, how do you use that wisely? You know, and again, I've touched on this in the book and Grow Coach. Like is, what can you know? Rather than all up for the ten or fifteen minutes where you're stretching all the vital muscles, there's fifteen minutes there, there's ten minutes. Whatever you, whatever you use, they can be used while you're doing the, the muscles. For for instance, getting your footwork right, getting your balance right, getting your muscles right, getting your awareness right. You can put all drills in there in that ten or fifteen minutes and have it every night, because it's not about doing something for two hours and one Saturday and thinking you've covered it. This has got to be repeat, repeat, repeat in small doses. I said at the start of the program less is more so if you can do some of that the first 15 minutes now you've got a better 15 minutes but again pass on the reason why you're doing this footwork because it helps you in your tackle it'll help you when someone comes at you that you're, that you're headed behind your knees for balance it'll help you that your knees are bent and you have one foot four to five degree angles for your, for your power with your hands up all that type of stuff if you can get that type of stuff done and you can touch in that 10 to 15 minutes every night now you've got a 50 year session where you're going repeat, repeat, repeat and this is starting to come into your muscle memory and mind memory so that's one thing the second thing I would say to you would be uh, that your players understand there's going to be a certain section of your session that should be a little bit slow a little bit cumbersome because that's your coaching and your learning part so if I stop you up at the whistle image you you with the whiteboard there may be a 20 minutes or 25 minutes there where I might say lads I'm going to be pulling this up I'm going to, we're going to get this right we're going to get the behaviours right here I'm going to show you not tell you show you what we think should be done here for a near hand tackle. We're going to show you what we think should be here for a triple threat in an attack. We're going to show you how to turn and face your defender, look him in the eye. You're now three threats compared to none. All that type of stuff and show you the benef- benefits of it. And then you may go and say, and look at like the next 40 minutes here or the next 30 minutes here is going to be between a match or it's going to be between a skill session. But in the match, you're going to let everything go and now your intensity comes up through the roof. So and then at the end you do your your cool down and your cool down could could consist of you know purposeful practice which would be hitting your scores getting your solo right getting your chest pass right getting your kick pass right whatever that might be or it could be a player's KPI that you put them in boxes in the field and they can do that at half pace quarter pace gradually slowing down still learning the skills and the last five minutes just just the muscle muscle, just to warm down so and again I'm only throwing out something that's my head to you but if you can get something like that, now people, if a fulfilled session, uh, I don't do any coaching anymore without having a learning outcome. And then whatever whatever the coaching has been in your 20, 30 minutes, that's bought into your high intensity game and you and you actually go a bit heavier with your with, with, with your team on that to say, look, this is, and again, you might pull one player out and say for 30 seconds, this is the KPI I spoke to you about. You just done that there now, you've done that poorly, but look at this, you've done this one well and you get the merely it's in the mind they can rem- remember what you're talking about so that's the type of stuff but I do think it's important you tell the players beforehand this is what the session will look like if we're a little bit sluggish and slow over here you don't tune out if you're not if you're not in there and you're watching others watch what's going on do that for that 20-30 minutes and the other 40 will be high intensity whatever that might be and you may decide to have a high intensity session flat out that's your choice as a coach or you may decide in a Saturday morning to do an hour and a half coaching whatever that is but if you can come to something like that Pass the message on to your players beforehand, they know what to expect and they don't tune out. That's only what seemed to work for me after my time.
0: No, makes makes perfect sense. Just just in your own career as well, like you, you had a 15, 16 year inter-county career, uh, Kevin, but you you were quite unlucky with injuries. Um you you might just talk to us a little bit about the injuries that you had incurred. I know it was something that that it, that had pushed you throughout the whole time of your career. You know, when did the injuries start for you? Or have we a reason for them and then what way you had to manage them through your career?
1: Jesus. Yeah, so at, um, I suppose look I I hate talking about because I'm, I'm talking about it for thirty years. <laughs> and then, um, you know, look at I, I suppose certain players which have, have a bit of certain bad luck, and other players maybe look at it, quite possibly played played a lot too young as well. Uh, would have been quite a big guy, he's a young fella. Probably played on too many teams. Um, you know, maybe the muscles and the bones hadn't been hadn't been brought together uh, well enough probably you know, to me, the midfield at 13, which would be crazy and I've been there since in, 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 for many years and we played all the underage teams and I suppose i played a lot of basketball at the time played all the teams in school, I've played all the all the Irish ages and all that was going on at all one time I suppose and probably had a lasting effect afterwards Um. I don't even want to talk about all the injuries I had because I, I no, can no, no. the names of the many spells. from knees to grinds. Uh, well, funny enough, I never had a hamstring until, until my last year, which was which was which was awfully unusual. And uh, but it, that's probably yeah, I missed the own game in 2004 because of it. But um, mm. look, it just loads loads of it. R- grinds um, knees in particular, and I'd be here all day if I, if I was to talk to you. But probably back to your point, it's just probably doing a lot too too early
0: and it's when you say you've done a, done a lot too early Kevin because again I'm not going to try and analyse each injury we've had a number of guests um, over the last kind of 6-8 months but like players such as Richie Power who his career was cut short with a with a bad knee injury uh, Eugene Clunan uh, one of your own uh, county men was on a couple of weeks back as well his career cut short as well he was finished at 31 um, but interestingly I've had a few players from the other side of the argument um, who felt that there's an important thing that we don't confuse here. Number one is like you said to me, you played intermediate at 13 years of age. Did you say 13 or 14 years of age? you were playing intermediate.
1: Thir- 13. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming. coming. close to 14. The
0: end of my 13th year. Yeah. Ah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, they, like, uh, thankfully, there's rules in place now to prevent uh, that from happening. Yeah. Um But, but, but when we look at it, this, this, this thing that's a big buzz thing in the GEA at the moment is player burnout. Um, and when I spoke to the players every one of them said yeah we need to allow people to to let their muscles you know fully form and fully grow but to a man they all felt that player burnout affects less than half a percent of the people in, in in sport, and the other 99 and a half percent should drive on Um, like when you look back I'll, I'll put it to you in a simpler way your own son there's no way you would have let him play intermediate football at 13 is that fair to say?
1: No, The first say yeah. So, but, but, but I don't, but I don't, play, don't blame my parents or anybody else. No, no, I, no. But it's a different it's time.
0: What? It's it, like it's a different time um, now. But yeah. but at the same time, and, and the reason I'm asking you this question is, is you're, you're your own family there now, and you've lived through it, like. But like, would you be encouraging lads at seventeen, eighteen, that if you're at that level and you're a good guy, you know, if you're a good player, a good fella, or a girl, or whoever it is, play with your club, play with your county, play with your school play with them all or would you be kind of one of these people that says no we need to roll back here a small bit like you were playing for your club your county your country you know you you were flat to the mats that, is there a right yeah. balance?
1: You no know, I'd be there's obviously a balance but I mean I would be pro getting out and get playing I mean that wouldn't put me off you know I, I know I was went to an extreme with it <clears throat> excuse me but I also know probably just a bit of bad luck and maybe you know whatever it was but no, look, if someone's strong enough, and I suppose the reason I would have played at that age, because like, like, it's different times now. You ask me about our own sons, that, that, that manual work isn't there now. It was there 20, 30 years ago, and we were going up 40 years ago. I mean, that was you were actually far physically more developed than, than what young lads are now. So that would never happen now. So I suppose I was physically developed at the time. There's good enough. I, I was actually able to hold my own with the, with, the, with, the, with the men at the time. But it just wasn't probably, when you know the, when you have the knowledge of now, it just wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but I think if you're 17, 18 now, and you can hold your own, and you're heading into a senior team, and you're good enough. I wouldn't be holding anybody back. I'd be absolutely letting the matter. I do believe because the, the the science is there now, and the, and the and the knowledge is there. Rest and recovery is important. You know, you don't like. I'm totally with you on this. I don't massively believe in a massive amount that people get overly burned out. But if you don't rest and recovery properly, you will you will get injuries. And you know you will probably mentally tune out if you're if you're flat the man all the time as well. So I would push them out there, but just just be a little bit of knowledge on what rest and recovery is best for you. I think that's that's the only way I can answer that to you.
0: And uh, Kevin, just to kind of finish up with you today, you've been very good with your time. to us. just a lot of the people that are that listen to the podcast and a lot of people that'll be listening to KCLR this week will be, you know, they'll be they'll be asking me, and I can see the text coming in now about Grow Coach itself. For for somebody looking to 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 talk to you about Grow Coach or or, or trying to get the 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 analysis that you've used or or how to work with Grow Coach, um, how do they get in contact or what way is the the best way to get in contact with you on that?
1: Yeah, I say look at um, If you go into the, the website www.growcoach.ie, there's there's even seven or eight taster videos there that are free to look at at the minute, and it just gives you an idea of what's in the behind it. So we <clears throat> so something like two hundred two hundred videos there, as I said to you deal with all aspects of the game. It's not just on, on the field. There's there's a lot of stuff dealt with in there. Again, it's just there to help people to 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 form the, their own process. It's not about us saying this is the right or wrong thing to do. There's loads of things in, in there. And again, whoever coaches go in there, I'd be saying, you know, there's, there's, there's a heap of stuff in front of you. I, I hope, certainly, that a, a lot of it will be beneficial. But again, I'm back to less is more. And it's very, very important that whoever does decide when to grow a coach, not to try to cover everything. Just look at the few things that, that you know, the big, the big rocks I spoke about at the start. What rocks are there for you and break them down? And, you know, put them all into pebbles and three more rocks will pop up again when you're ready, when you're ready with having them broken. So it's important just to, to use it the right way. But again, you know, as I said, just go into the website and you can tune into that, have a look around, see what you think of it. And it's self explanatory when you get in there, you know. Look at, again, you can, you can write messages in there and ask questions in there and, uh, just to see what you think of it again it's just it's just it's it's something we feel strongly about and if it changes the mindset of what's out there like you've mentioned yourself about maybe challenging how we perceive our game and maybe how can we improve it uh, like the grow coach came from the from 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 the simple the what says, says in the ten is it's it's to grow your own coaches and you know loads of people are moving around uh, a lot of people haven't got the confidence to coach a lot of people don't want to coach and uh, there's stuff in there where, you know, people can't maybe because they've been criticized mightn't like to be saying, Oh, geez, your man blame me for this today. I think there's there's loads of stuff in there that might give you the what's the word I'm looking for? The confidence. The confidence to just go out there, have a go at it, try it. And if you're ever stuck, you win it, you know, you can tap in that you have a license, you tap in at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock today for your lunch, get twenty minutes. And again, small bits, repeat, 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 rather than getting someone in to talk to you. For two hours on a Saturday you go to the door and you say geez that was a great talk but at the end of the day two weeks later that chat is forgotten about I don't care who that person was it might have been someone that is well known and it was a brilliant talk but what has it done for your club in, in a month's time I'm saying what Grow Coach does it it's in your face all the time if you want it there's little nuggets there that'll help you every single day we think will help you if you don't like it close it up I mean that's that's, that's, that's the way it is
0: Kevin you've been absolutely brilliant with your time uh, I've really enjoyed that chat there and I'm really really looking forward to sitting down and getting a good read of The Invisible Game which is available online and from all our own local bookshops as well um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I and I wish you, you and your family the very best um, I hope to see you back on the sideline again someday soon uh, managing a team I've, I've always found you an intriguing coach but thanks so much for your time
1: Great, thanks very much. And it was a pleasure talking to you. A lot, a lot of good questions. We're going on for a while. And look, again, I know I haven't even mentioned this, but Daryl Crooker there, I think, uh, you know, the, the the guy that wrote the books with, with, with Liam Hayes. And like, he was, a, you know, one of the things, I suppose people ask me, did I find it hard? I, I would never really want to write a book, to be honest. But uh, Daryl Crooker is up there beside you. So um, just a gentleman to, to work with. Um, we probably spent a year and a half on it. And he made the job very easy. And I just want to compliment him on the way that. If he phrased a lot of stuff that's probably new to him as well so hopefully it's a value to some people
0: out there no, brilliant I'm sure it will be that is of course Kevin Walsh former Galway and Sligo manager and two time All-Ireland winner joining us on this week's Clash Act we'll be back next week with more thanks a million